Hey everybody, welcome to the Resistance Broadcast Live. I'm John, that's Lacey, that way, yep. Thank you for joining <laughs> us today. Uh, James is on vacation, he's down in Disney, uh, so we are clearly having more fun than he is. Uh, Lucky because we're guy. With so thank you to everybody who's joining us live tonight. We really appreciate it. Yes, we do have the Yankee game on back there somewhere for those asking. Yes, this is my final episode of the Resistance broadcast in my 30s, but we oh, will. Oh my gosh, I didn't know where that sentence was going. I know, I did that for dramatic effect. That, that was really, un... that's like Michael Scott with <laughs> I'm going to be, Meredith. yeah, Meredith, and she's going to be fine. What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say it like that? <laughs> no, but oh, yeah, uh, we, we're going to have a good show because we're talking about episode seven of Andor Announcement. Uh, a lot to talk about. A pretty loaded episode. Granted, not a mm -hmm. lot of action, but a lot going on. A lot of dialogue to pay attention to. I I probably need to rewatch it a couple more times because you know you, there's so much dialogue and so much going on between a lot of the characters. But um, here we are. So, Lacey, this one was directed by Benjamin Caron and written by Stephen Schiff. Sort of a one-off, so to speak to set us up for the next trilogy of episodes, which are going to have the same writer and director. Um, so we're setting up the next arc, sort of like a, a transition between the first half of the season and the second. Um, so how are you doing, by the way? I'm great. You know, I am yeah. hanging out with you, technically kind of on your birthday. Mm. I don't think this has ever happened where we had a live show like into your birthday. Have we ever had a live show on any of our birthdays? I don't think so. Maybe this year with Mandalorian, although I don't know when my birthday falls. Well, you know, your birthday's on the same day every year. Shut up. Shut, <laughs> shut, shut, shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody um, in the but Yeah, I'm cat. good. I have a spooky mug tonight because it's Halloween. Ooh. And I got pumpkin coffee because it's Halloween. It, it feels very Halloween out there. It's wet. It's it cold. Does. All my leaves are already falling down. Um, I can't but... wait to hear you complain about how you have to clean up leaves. That'll happen. Well, every year it's a very, it's a, it's a scary situation when I go up to clean out the gutter because it all it takes is one fall and then that's it. It's over. Especially every, at your age. There's no bounce um, back. There it is. There it is. Get them out now. Get <laughs> you, them out now. You walked into that one. Get them out now. But uh, yeah, we'll, so we'll see if I survive and I don't uh, kill myself falling off my ladder. But uh, we are here to talk about Andor and specifically Announcement, the episode Announcement, um, which is a reference to Deidre's line about the, re the rebellion, just saying like, here we are, here, this, is, this is the deal. Um, but for those of you joining us live, thank you. Uh, if you are on social media, please share our tweets that's saying that we're live. Bring some more friends into the base. We really appreciate that. Um, slow and steady with the YouTube channel, so we're trying to grow that aspect of it. But if you have to leave or if you end up uh, coming back later or you just couldn't make it live just know that if you're watching on youtube you can also pick this up tomorrow on the audio podcast apps but we like that you're here joining us live and the super chats are available if you uh use those and take advantage of those we thank you and also we will read those comments and react to them right here on the show um so lacy episode mm -hmm. seven who, who who wants to start me or you do you want to start this one off it's your birthday why don't you go first his birthday's tomorrow, by the way. I keep saying it's his birthday. Yeah. And one of our patrons, Double D, 
I oh, found yeah, out double D. not only do we have the same birthday, but he was born on literally the same day as me. So how about that? It's a double birthday party. Yes. Um, but all right. So I'll rate this thing first. We, we do it from zero to 10 Diego's. Uh, we like Diego Luna around here. Um, and I gave this episode an eight. I gave it an eight. I thought it was very good. The, the back and forth for me on where I was scoring this, I was going between a 7.5 and an 8. It bumped up to an 8 for me, which is leading to one of the problems I'm having with the series. Little problem, just a little bit. Um, is Mon Mothma stealing the show. Every she time she's very good at this episode. Every time she's on screen, it's like no one else exists. It's she's so good, Genevieve O'Reilly. And also. <laughs> Uh, Stellan Skarsgård too, you know he's great, but it. I feel like Diego Luna's taken like the 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 bronze medal so far, um. So we'll see how it winds out for the rest of the series. But that's why I'm at an eight. I really enjoyed it. I like what it's setting up. I like feeling that something is coming, and I also like seeing we're seeing more of the Empire now in some of these episodes and seeing their sort of how they're handling what's happening, and also the gray area with this rebellion like what is going on who's trusting who how far are certain people going to take it and like that sort of dark night line you know you live long enough to see yourself become the villain like there were some words said in this episode where it's like Ooh, cold cold yeah but- specifically with mon mothma definitely the line that stuck out was the one where she said she learned from palpatine it's not about the stone in your hand but the knife of your neck i think it was yeah Something i agree like that. that was a yeah. great line um yeah, and there's, I mean, so many, so many good lines in this. It's just, and Luther yeah. looks like he's ready to pop. So we'll see. Uh, I can't wait to talk about it, actually. It's a pretty loaded episode. So, um, mm-hmm. James, we will miss you, buddy. But, Lacey, it's your turn. We didn't get James's rating, so it's just me and Lacey tonight. Uh, Would you rate this one? I gave this episode an eight. I thought it was a solid episode. I have to say, I don't know if it was my favorite episode story-wise, but it was definitely my favorite episode cinematography-wise, and I'll explain why in a little bit. Um, but there were it was just shot after shot after shot that were just so beautifully done, and there were so many moments in this episode that so much was said with no words and like so little, yeah, which I really liked. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, we don't have to do the math there. So you and I average out to an eight. Eight Diego's even. I like even Diego's because sometimes it's sad when you see just like an ear or something popping up on the screen. <laughs> yeah. for, for our audio listeners, listeners who don't know, uh, you may know from the Mando fan show or whatever, but we actually put up the the faces up on the screen on YouTube. So, mm-hmm. um, and then we asked our patrons, sort of the pulse of the people, to see how close we are to them, and they actually gave this episode a little bit higher, eight point three. So there that is from the patrons. Thank you all for voting and leaving your comments. Uh, we're going to feature two of them right here. Uh, so, Lacey, we have Megan Poehler. Hi, Megan. She's in the chat. Who... Megan, hi. Megan, what is Talented Megan? artist, Megan. Megan Beautiful is a talented art. artist. And also a big Andor fan because Megan gets one a, a nine. And she said, awesome. nine Diego's. It's strange that without much action, I'm so captivated. This episode kept me guessing what was going to happen next along with great writing and music, which I have to say, in some of the scenes, I did enjoy the music. Um, and next we have Kyle Baker. Kale. How are you doing, Kale? And Kyle voted just like you and me. He gave it an 8 out of 10. He said, love seeing how the action of one person 
affects the lives of so many others, whether it's Luthen, Cassian, Cyril, Deirdre, Mothma, the choices of one can impact the lives of thousands in this show. It's a great point. Mm-hmm. It's a very good point. And um, th- there's something to be said about, you know, I, I understand that people may not necessarily love this show because it doesn't feel like Star Wars, but you cannot deny the amount of character development that they're doing here. Yeah. It makes you care about the characters a lot. I was actually thinking about that today after the first, because I watched it twice. This is one of the few episodes I actually got to watch twice. The first time I watched it in between, um, I was thinking, I was like, wow, this is the first time with the Star Wars show I've genuinely cared about every single person that they're showing on screen. Like to a point that I'm invested in the people that are supposed to be the bad guys. And I'm sure we'll get into that. Like, Deidre Miro is a great character. She's doing so good. And like you kind of you just feel for her. And that you it's you weirdly find yourself rooting for her. Like you want her to figure it out, even though you don't want her to figure it out. I agree. And you know what's interesting about her? And I don't know if this is on purpose. Um hey Adam. Uh she does this thing. And I don't know if she does it all the time, but there was one scene where they really close up on her face as she's talking about how she kind of has, is figuring out what's going on. Yeah, and the meeting at the end with Blevin. Well, Blevin. yeah, that might have been it. And she she talks about how the rebellion doesn't care about the lines on the map and stuff. She only moves her mouth and really just her the rest of her face is stone statue. And it's mm-hmm. like it makes me think of like Anthony Hopkins said when he was doing Hannibal Lecter, he when he delivered his lines, he was never going to blink. And stuff like that. And like those subtle decisions that those actors make, like she's probably like such a pleasant looking person in real life. Adam but Driver see- is a really good example of someone that does like subtle acting, like with like yeah. little mo- movements with his mouth or eyes yeah. or something. Yeah. But yeah, she does an amazing job. And I think there's a moment in that scene where she starts to doubt herself and you can see it as it grows from like the strain near her mouth up to her eyes. And then she like kind of yeah. comes back. Yeah, she does a really good job. Great job. Um, all right. As we always do on this show, we get to our favorite shots. But before we do that, uh, do we have any super chats we want to get out before we hop into the, the best we shots? We do. So first up, we have Gary. Thank you so much, Gary. He was one of the first Thanks. people in the chat tonight. Thank you so Thanks, much. He Gary. said, uh, I'm giving announcement nine Diegos. It felt like one of the really it felt like one of those really good political episodes of Clone Wars, but with far higher stakes for everyone involved. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's just so loaded. Good call, Gary, and thank you. Mm-hmm. Next is Semperfy Danny. Hey Danny and Mark, I'm assuming as well, uh, who hangs out with Danny, her husband um her husband like, just hangs out just well hanging people out. are like who's mark and i'm like i don't know personal information anyway hi hi mark uh danny says genevieve o'reilly needs an emmy based on this performance alone the music was legit today love the early 80s sci-fi despair vibes yo the beach music i was <laughs> jamming at the i beach knew you scene. would like that yeah oh, it was so good yeah so i good. could see that being played at the 501st party and you're just getting down after one frozen margarita or something <laughs> first of all i had no drinks and i was getting down that's how i just like to dance earlier the de- that day you did i, I just like to bit. dance john yeah. all right yeah. and then we have andrew staley thank you so much what's up andrew he said happy birthday john thanks andrew his birthday's in 
All right. Let's two hours and 45 minutes. Let's all settle down. Also, I think Danny deserves an Emmy for correctly spelling Genevieve because I'm always just like, whenever I Google her name, I'm just like crazy. G E G G E G E G, you know, it pops up. (laughs) It's like convenience. (laughs) Genevieve is like, or like inconvenient. (laughs) Like you're always like, is it I N? Yeah. Yeah. We do have one more super chat that just popped in. Aaron, thank you so much, Aaron. Aaron. How's it going? He said, what up, TRB? Haven't been able to make it to previous live shows because of work, but glad to finally make it tonight. Well, welcome. We're excited to have you, Aaron. Thanks for the super chat. I'm going to call your boss and tell him you quit. (laughs) Sorry, I can't come in. I uh, TRB live chat. (laughs) His boss like, who is this? I'm like, John Hoey. Who the hell are you? I don't know, but Aaron quit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, everybody. Um, and let's get down to it. So, Lacey, you teased to me that you had you given yourself a choice of four for favorite shots, but you have to give yeah. me one. No, I'm not giving you one. Can I give you all four? All right. But the first one is your favorite. Let the record show. I can't do that. These are ranked in I'm, no particular I, order. It is decided. <laughs> it has been decided. Well, it's more of like an overall, I guess... Instead of a favorite shot, I guess going back to what I said earlier is just my favorite part of this episode was the cinematography, the way it was shot, not specific shots, but the way it was shot. And what stood out to me from that is the way the DP who was, um, I want to make sure I got his name right. Damien Garcia was amazing director of photography. He changed his camera movements and even the way certain things were shot based on who was on camera so Mm. with andor it was handheld it was very gritty it was very like rough and like it it was tense but like the camera was constantly moving then with um vel and clea when they met up their interaction was very up close it was very intimate you were there they also positioned them on the side of the screen that you normally don't position people when they're doing a two shot because they wanted you to feel how tense the situation was and those kinds of things subconsciously make you feel tense like if someone's on the left side of the screen and looking left there's not a lot of space for them to look at so it makes you feel uneasy um cyril they had a lot of close clean shots with him like him in the office like just showing you how he's just kind of like imprisoned constantly. Um, Mon like Mothma from, had uh, office space. I feel, I feel like yes, and then Mon Mothma had very beautiful sweeping shots, like elegant shots yeah, compared to everybody else. <laughs> and then what else did I write? Oh. Mon Mothma's hot. Can I just say that? <laughs> she is very beautiful. Yes. Um, but. I guess if I was to pick a couple shots that really stuck with me, there was one shot when, uh, am I saying her name right? Clea? It's Clea, right? K-L-E-Y-A. Is that her name? Clea or Clea? Clea. It might be Clea. Yeah, Clea. Uh, When she was walking to meet up with Vel, there is a shot uh, where she Uh. is walking down a ramp and as she's walking down the ramp, the camera tilts up and her reflection is on the ceiling and it then tilt like it tilts farther to walk her off camera from the ceiling. And then the other shot that stuck with me was when Deidre was talking with Partagaz, who, by the way, is 
phenomenal. He is so good. The the yes. bad evil yeah. main guy. The ISB boss. Yeah, the boss man. Uh, there's a shot at the end when he's telling her to watch her back when they're walking with the camera. Yeah. And he tells her to watch her back. She stops. He walks by the camera and then the camera keeps moving even though she has stopped walking. How did she know the conversation was over at that point? Because I think when someone tells you to watch your back, you're kind of like, oh, okay, that is I would be the like, end of this conversation. Um, I, you know me. I'd be like, who, what, where, why, and how? I need to follow this guy for another like four minutes to find out who he's, what he's talking about. So but, yeah, all of that amounts to Damien Garcia. I know a lot of people on the internet, including myself, had said like, hmm. Chef kiss. Mwah. It's more than that. It was perfection. This show, the way it was shot today. Um, and I really hope he does more episodes. You know, I, I agree that it was really well shot, but I also know that we've probably been podcasting together too long. Cause when I saw that damn ceiling reflection shot, I'm like, that's what Lacey's going to pick. <laughs> My first viewing, I'm sitting there at like seven in the morning, groggy eyed, trying to, trying to sip on my coffee how beautiful was that shot though the fact that they had to because when i look at a shot like that it's not just the movement of the camera which takes skill it's the person that was the location scout had to find that location then -hmm. you have someone that's doing the costumes and the lighting to make that shot look good then you have the camera operator then operating the camera to get that shot then you have the editor that chose that shot there's just so many different people that touch such a short period of time within the show but it's so it's just so beautiful it's so so it was yeah it was good um i don't i mean mine is more of a moment um i feel like that's typically the trend here like you usually focus on actual shots and i i focus on like a singular moment and i think james goes back and forth but i think the only moment i've picked that's like a moment was (laughs) when luthan was laughing in the last episode yeah, and that's right, co- sort of where I'm at. I, I I had a bunch of moments in this episode that I really liked a lot, and obviously I like Luthen so much. But when he said uh, they're choking us so slowly, we're starting not to notice. Um, oh, really yeah. hit home with me. <clears throat> I'm not trying to get political or anything, but you know, every year or every two years of stuff like our government keeps getting bigger and bigger and there's a new department and there's this new this and new that and it's like then before you look back and you like you don't remember what was what it was like before because you're just normalized to new regulations or new policies or new whatever Homeland honestly it made me it made me think of the leia line from a new hope where she says as you strengthen your grip more star systems slip through your fingers oh, that's a good point specifically yeah. that line i was like oh my gosh he has to be making a call back to that well line from I, yeah well he's sort of saying like we've become so numb to all these changes because they're normalized oh now. it wasn't him it was isb they said something about like we need to strengthen our grip and that's what made me think of the Leia line. It yeah, wasn't that, makes sense. that makes sense. That makes sense. But the, Luthen, the, the one particular moment is when uh, Mothma goes, uh, I don't think I'll be taking any of these today. Like, in other words, saying, like, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And he still has his back to Cletus, whoever that freaking Jeeves, whoever her freaking driver's name is. There's so many names in that. By the way, Star Wars, give me a Jeff or Jennifer for once, please. There's, I mean, these <laughs> names... The, the name generator, like they, they go to Pablo and he puts a token in and he goes, bang, 
And it's like, all right, Cleve Delitis. Is that person? I have Martin? to tell you though, I thought that when I started the show, this episode, I really learned people's names. I need to work to do a better job. But then they introduce four more. And I'm like, good lord. Um, <laughs> but who who's your favorite? We'll get to him, Blevin. We'll get to him later. But Blevin. It, it was the moment he still has his back to her driver, who she knows is like sort of spying on her, so to speak. And he takes a moment to like build himself up to put on his fake smile. And then he turns around and he's that character again. I'm like, damn, this guy, such a good actor. Mon Mothma too. She even does it more subtly where she's like, I won't be taking any of these today. And like, you just, that's from her being like, you've put me in such a tough position. I don't know what to do. And he's like, suck it. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like you deal with it. And she's just like, okay. But he turns around and move. Yeah. and, And he's that sort of, you know, just the carefree collector again or whatever mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. antiquities shop owner and it's just it's crazy how he has to transform that way and he's almost playing a role within a role within a role it's just wild stuff it's really he's just doing such a great job which mm-hmm. i guess you know takes me you know we can kick off the conversation that way because it to me it really feels like i really like what's going on here and stuff like that and I'm, I'm just going to say this. You know, I saw on Twitter, uh, Eckhart's Ladder, nice guy. I've talked to him before, has a, has a uh, popular YouTube channel. He had made a point that he's he doesn't know if, in retrospect, maybe they shouldn't have called the series Andor. And maybe something more about just the rebellion to get more general audiences in. And I understood that point mm-hmm. he made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people took it the wrong way and stuff. But to his point, like, I feel like Cassian has still to this to this point been overshadowed by Mon Mothma and Luthen, maybe by the strength of the performances of the actors. But when I walk away from these episodes, I sometimes have to remember what Cassian did. <laughs> but Mon Mothma, I'm like, right there. He's in my kind brain. of a mess. He, he's definitely a mess right now. But I think overall, when I'm looking at the, especially this episode, I think stood out to me the most in what I'm about to say is that it's clear that every single person in this show is a prison of their own doing, but a prison within the system that they're operating in. So like you have Cyril Karn, who's like this prison of trying to make his way in the world, but like feeling like he's not doing enough. Then you have Mon Mothma who's trapped in this like high level position, which is Mm -hmm. what Cyril Karn wants, but she's there and she hates it and she wants out. Then you have Luthen, who's playing this pretend character that he wants out. Then you have Cassian, who's just basically struggling to to exist and now is in prison. <laughs> and um, that's, that's the biggest thing with Cassian. I think we're they're slowly like educating him in the story in terms of like what the empire is and i've no like the bells went off for me on this episode when he got arrested because he did what oh he said God. he wanted to do when k2 showed up i literally i went well it wasn't k2 though it was i know but there was a moment where i was like i it? did too i thought it could yeah. have been i definitely thought it could have been but i he he wanted to go away to a you know a beach resort place that it's off the beaten path and people don't be bothered too much so he thinks and he wanted to take his mother there with him and the I don't droid. Wanna, 
interrupt you but double yeah. d's gotta go first of all double d happy birthday in about three hours second of all he <laughs> said sorry guys i gotta bounce but i just want to say hey i love your podcast forever and i'll be watching this later indoor love indoor can't wait for acolyte Agreed. thanks buddy Thank you for the super chat wanted happy to grab birthday. you before you left happy early birthday um, sorry go ahead jen so and then but he so he gets to this place and he thinks he's yeah. fine he's you know he's he's still he's looking at his credits and stuff like that and he still ends up getting arrested by the empire and he's like i can't for doing so, nothing too right and i think when he sees what's been happening to all these different people in all these different places it's slowly but it's taking a while but it's slowly setting in with him that you can't just let the empire exist and it's i also not called it him being arrested i said he was going to get arrested and in there on his own did you a couple episodes ago yeah. yeah hells yeah mm -hmm. um but that, that you can't just let the empire exist and that he can't run away from these problems and sort of like just coast on life. Like he realized he's going to start realizing that he is going to have to be involved and fight. I think going back to something you said last week, John, which is really relevant um, is that this show is really reflecting real life right now. And I think that yeah. it's hitting hard with some people, me included of, you know, it doesn't, happen overnight when the empire takes over and you know they're burning down villages and you know taking people and kidnapping children and making them stormtroopers like that doesn't happen just one day it's over a course right. of period of time and you can see that reflected in real life like it just starts with one thing and then another thing and then another thing um and i think you see that in a lot of dystopian books and shows and movies whether it be hunger games or handmaid's tale or handmaid's tale it's like all this stuff where it's like little things that then went to this big future that you're like how did we get to this point and you realize it's like little steps along the way mm -hmm. um but that being said i think you're, you're totally right i think cassian is waking up and realizing that it is bad for everyone and you can't just coast like when something like this is that yeah. bad unless you're on the side that's doing the bad everything's gonna affect you you can ask you know you can act that eventually it's not gonna bother you or oh, that doesn't immediately affect me because i'm not on blank planet or i'm not a part of this species it doesn't matter it's gonna eventually affect everybody because they have one goal and that goal is to just rule and be in yeah. power yeah yeah, and it's it's funny because Cassian's like journey, his story is very similar to Han's, in that mm -hmm. you know Han did, Han didn't want to be involved, and he took his credits and left, and he eventually realized when he started caring about people that he had to stay in this fight for them, and Cassian's sort of figuring that out too. Um, you know, you can't just go off to some beach somewhere in the galaxy. The Empire is spreading more and more and more it doesn't matter how far you go they're gonna eventually get there so it's better to try to fight them sooner than later and we're slowly starting to see him experience these things but i don't think the the bulb has gone off yet and maybe now that he's been arrested it will so i think the next arc in in my best guess is going to be cassian coming to the realization that he has to join this fight finally yeah, I think it also reminds me of George Lucas giving interviews about Anakin and talking about how, you know, Anakin's a good example of someone that made a bunch of bad decisions. Like, 
that's true with every instance within the galaxy of Star Wars. It's like a bunch of people making these decisions. And I said this last week and I say it again. This episode, again, was super interesting to see how one person's actions ripple throughout the galaxy and how they change so many other people's lives. Yeah. Like Cassian joining the team and then him killing certain people or this person stealing this and this person dying. How does this affect the, you know someone else's team? Um, it's just, it's, it's very, cause you even hear about on the hollow net, which is interesting that we finally got to see the hollow net. We've heard about it for so, so long. Um, you see, uh, you, you hear about how they, uh, took over this base and, and how they're dealing with the problem. And then you experience how Cyril Karn is hearing the information compared to what had happened and how it's being perceived to him. Um, which is how we experience things nowadays. It's like you hear something on the news and that might not be the full story and like what is all the information. Um, it's just super interesting to watch because it's a completely different view of the galaxy that we've never gotten before. We've only really gotten the boots on the ground. They're at the base stealing stuff. Yeah, all, all the complexities and the different layers to these things is pretty cool to see. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it, this is a good time to do that because it is sort of the Empire really coming into their prime, so to speak, of taking over the galaxy, wiping out the Imperial Senate, which is really just a front to... You got your Palpatine mentions. And, you got like yep. two or three of them. So, And when they said he called for an emergency um, meeting of the Senate, I thought we were going to get him, but I, I, I'm thinking we are going to later. It's going to... And I think it's going to be one of those things where it's going to mirror um, Padme in Revenge of the Sith when she says, mm -hmm. with thunderous applause... We're going to yeah. get that, but we're going to see Mon Mothma's reaction to Emperor Palpatine saying things of that nature. And I think it's going to be a pretty cool parallel. Um, it was really wild hearing her talk about Palpatine, hearing other people mention his name. Like, even just yeah. hearing it, I was like, he's returned. <laughs> and, and you notice some people are choosing to say Emperor Palpatine. Some people are choosing to say Palpatine, usually like Mothma and Luthan. And then you have the people who are just the, fa the true faithful who just say the Emperor. And I, I like how they made those choices on who calls him what. Mm -hmm. I found that to be interesting. Mm -hmm. um, totally. No one said she'd be babes, but you know, there's still Nobody a few did. Yeah. We do have a super chat that I'm going to throw in here really quick from Dave Hornack. Hey, Dave. Hey. What up, Dave? Thank you for the super chat. He said, in and out tonight, I will catch up with the rest of the show in the AM. Love you all. And thanks for being the best Star Wars bunch of peeps out there. It keeps me going. It really does. Smiley face. You keep us going, Dave. 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 I like Thank his you. avatar of like a mini vader vader yeah like I love kid it. vader he's, he's doing that. like the grip thing where he like has the force hand and the lightsaber love yeah it. it looks like the remember love the little it. kid in the volkswagen commercial the little vader <laughs> yeah That's such a good commercial thank you but dave. yeah it was wild hearing them talk about palpatine you knew it was gonna come we talked about yeah. this before but and just hearing them say like oh i spoke to him last night you're like Ugh, he's and, and someone Someone uh, mentioned in the comments on my reaction how I didn't bring this guy up, but you know you can only say so much. But you, Lauren, shows up here. Yep. Some um, people aren't, aren't happy about that recasting, but we knew it was going to happen. I know, and it's just like let's get an old white dude with a white mustache and stick him in the mix. And I that, thought he was one. great. He did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Are those fun. the regional governors, by the way? Oh, I don't think so. I think that was that just he's the speaking ISB. to. I think that oh. was just the ISB unit. I could okay. be wrong. Um. I mean the 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 rankings and and that sort of thing of of uh, the empire I isn't my strong suit. I see, you know, how many reds and blue squares is that? What does that mean? I don't care. Yeah, I don't know. 
Um, but you know, it was cool. It was cool though seeing that because that ties in a lot of stuff dating back to you know when he's part of the Republic, and he also is retroactively one of the characters seated at that table in A New Hope, um, right. and obviously meets his fate on the Death Star. So you see him standing there um, with these you know boastful, proud claims about you know the Empire and stuff like that, and we know that in, in five short years. He goes kablamo thanks to luke skywalker so pretty cool um yeah. did, did you have a favorite scene in this uh episode because mine i think you know by now is the the happy hour party um, the party with, was great oh Mon, Mon, i just Mon remembered Mon a shot that i loved oh in that scene. oh let me uh, well i'll tell you right now what it is go ahead go them sitting on the couch nope. and the, the rest of the party's in the background and you see her husband sort of walking towards nope. them and you see their side profiles, and you're like, are they going to kiss? Actually not. My favorite scene is when oh. they're uh, Ben Miles, who plays, what's his name? Tay Colma, who's yeah. a banker. Um, I My favorite shot in that scene was when they are standing in front of like the bar area, and they're talking, and the camera cuts between them talking, and then behind the screen when they get quieter. So it kind of gives you this feel like you're listening in on their conversation, like you're being secretive and hearing what they're saying. And they're, even their tones change as the shots change from clear views of them to behind the screen that it's shooting through the like really pretty modern art screen. That's cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. that is a good shot. Um, that, 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 that whole scene I found so interesting because you really see the the intelligence and the influence and the poise of Mon Mothma, which is what someone who eventually gets to her position in the rebellion needs as she's walking with him fully aware that she needs to keep presenting a happy, jovial, um, at a party face, sort of like Luthen in the shop, but saying like telling him like smile, you know, smile now. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and yeah. Her, yeah. Yeah. Her, her slowly, like, you know, when you, you're not sure about somebody and you sort of feel them out a little bit. And like, she's doing that with him to see where he's at. And he's like, I'm a little drunk. So I just want to tell you the empire kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, Oh good. Okay. I can talk to this guy. I love that. And then her finally saying like, it's all an act. It's all fake and all this stuff. And you, you can see the relief on her face. Like when you have something you, you need to tell somebody. Well, she's and been she, so alone. She has yeah. no one to talk to. And Luthen except is Luthen. like not that person for her. Yeah. She, Luthen's he's like, like going to Sparta, Sparta kick her off the, uh, yeah. <laughs> off the platform outside his store. Like he's just so done with her. Throw his wig at her. He's like, get the money or you're out. And, and he's had enough too. You know, he, he's talking about, we can't hide forever. And, it makes me think, because you know I talked briefly about this before, um, and Clea, 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 like when she Probably was Clea. listening, yeah, when she was listening into Mothman and Luthen talking through the other side, like the backstage area of his shop, um, yes. the stock room or whatever, yeah. and and Mothma's saying one thing, and, and Luthen's sort of like starting to get a little reckless, saying like, you know, there have to be casualties, and we can't hide forever, and people are going to suffer, and that's that's the plan, and stuff like that. And then we see her go and meet Vel, who at first I had to do a double take. I'm like, is that Vel? Oh, it's Vel. Okay, right. And, yeah, she looks fabulous. And she, yeah, and 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 she tells her like that. Casting guy's got to go. 
We can't have any ties to Luthen. And in my mind, I'm like, Luthen's starting to like freak her out a little, maybe about how he's ready to just jump right in and let everybody know and, and just time to reveal ourselves and that sort of thing. It's like the opposite of Darth Maul's, like it's the light side of Darth Maul. We must reveal ourselves. Now you you said off air though, you had a theory about uh Clea. I, I changed you should say I, it. No, I, I changed my mind. I, I, Is it I watched I it again. It? No, well, yeah, a little, but I also just I watched it again and I'm realizing she's doing it to protect herself, I think. I think she's doing it because she cares about the okay, so for people <laughs> that are listening, John had a theory that he thought that Clea might have been with the Empire, that she might have been a double agent, so to speak, working for them, and she's trying to set up this issue or whatever. But my kind of argument was that it's not that she's working for the Empire to kill Cassian, um, but she is working on her own behalf because what she thinks is so important and what's right. And the example I gave, which is not the best example, but it is an example is Dwight from the office with Michael. Like Michael will tell Dwight to do something and Dwight will do it to like to an extent that it's over the top ridiculous, but what he thinks he's doing is right. So she thinks by killing Cassie and she's removing a threat or an issue. So I don't think Luthen even told her to have Cassie killed. I no, think she's I taking I think yeah. she's taking the initiative to get rid of it or get rid of Cassian so that she can then turn around and be like, oh, it's already dealt with. I already dealt with it. I think she's a, I think he freaked her out. And I think that's why we don't see Luthen telling her. I think it's a deliberate choice by the by the writers to have her sort of go behind him and tell Vel this, you know, take him out and stuff like that, because I think she she's feeling the pressure now. And she she feels like she doesn't want to get him back to her. And I she's think been was, working so hard that she just sees it all unraveling yeah. with Cassian. And she's like, I'm not going to let this one guy yeah. ruin everything we've been working towards. And the writing's on the wall a little bit. Like, obviously, Luthen's not around come time of the, you know, uh, the Galactic Civil War. Mon Mothma is. I mean, he might be. We don't I think know. Luth, Luth, I think Luthen's going to die. And I think In the show? Know. Yeah, I don't know about this season, but he alluded to filming season two, right? So I just think by he the did, end of it... He did, and then also Cyril Karn's actor was... And did so did an, Adria Arjona did too, right? Should she talk about him? No, but the guy that plays Cyril Karn literally showed a, a video on his Instagram of him shaving his beard and everything like uh, to recently back? to get back into character. Yeah, yeah I, figured, I figured we're just getting started with him, and I, I think I was... a. A little on the nose with him i i think this is a guy now who's seeing and we still have to see the uncle harlow stuff and what that is but which i don't think it's anybody we know i think that'd be a little crazy to add a crazy twist like that and overshadow more of the show but i think with him you know the end of the show we see cassian get sentenced to six years in prison and they immediately go to him who's in his own prison now he's one and then they zoom out and he's one of eight pods they zoom out again he's one of 30 of the same pods he's just like a cog in the wheel now and he's clearly not happy and well I think... the end they use the sound of the woman swiping the prison card mm -hmm. it's so clever in sound design so they sh they like pull out on Cyril Karn sitting there in his yeah. desk in this big like kind of like work prison as we all feel about it when we're in an office right and it then you like hear the board 
Yeah, and you just hear the sound, the shk, shk of like the getting his his time. And yeah. I was like, what a great comparison between him and Andor. Like they're both in a prison, but only one of them actually is in a prison. Yeah, right. Are and we going right immediately? This isn't the skip time period season, right? That's next season. No, next season. Yeah. So he's clearly not going to be in jail for six years. No, he'll get busted out by somebody. Yeah. Um, and that's what a lot of people have been speculating on that. I'm not really sure. Um, but the the Cyril thing, like, I, I think he's going to find a way out. And I don't know if he's going to pick like team up or anything with anybody. He's not long for what's going on here. He he's mm-hmm. he's becoming disenfranchised with the Empire. The way that Cassian is becoming interested or will be interested in the rebellion, like two ships passing in the night. Um, so I, I'm interested to see more of his character. Um, I, I, I don't care about the the stage mother thing. I, I don't. I couldn't care less about Cyril's mother. And that she stuff. is so obnoxious, but that means that she's so good at her role. Yeah, I, I, I just there's so many characters. Like she's one. I'm just like, all right, I get it. You know, we we understand what you did to him. We you're, we're all set with you for now. Um, but. I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know about him and, and all that stuff. But um, how about the, the scene with, uh, with Andor's dad uh, and, and how we find out why he was hung? That was interesting. And that is, you know, it's the name he used was Clem when he went on the, the robbery. And the Clem did- thing really kind of oh, that hurt, you know, when he was like, what's your name? And he goes, Clem. And you're like, that's a weird name. But then you realize what the that was his dad's is. name. Yeah. Yeah. Was, so he know, got hung dad. because he threw a a rocket a stormtrooper he didn't even do it though he was trying to calm the people down so that they didn't get shot or in trouble someone oh, but else he was threw just the rock. standing there someone else threw the rock past Got him it. they turned and then they hung him in the street what a great comparison though because you have luthan talking to mon mothma about you know she's like people are gonna get hurt people are gonna get killed and he's just like that's just part of this that's what happens and then you That's have something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then you have something like that, like that scene that is so kind of jarring and terrible and tragic, but nice. it's just part of the situation. Like that's just, it's the example, you know? And it, it reminded me a bit of like, I don't know if a lot of people like this movie, but I love it. Like man of steel, how like Cassian's like going to eventually be the hero, but he's trying to figure out who he is. Kind of like how right. Clark Kent was doing that, and then you have your his normal mortal dad teaching him how to be a hero, even though he doesn't have powers. That's how I saw like Clem, like Cassian's there watching him as a young kid, watching his dad do the right thing, which is, you know, the the whole Rose Tico thing, saving you know not by fighting what we hate but saving what we love. Clem's trying to tell the people like, stop, stop, don't throw that stuff. They're gonna kill you. Don't do it. And he ends up getting killed because they think he was the one doing it. And he was showing Cassian, you can lead people and you could be, do the right thing and, and, and still get compassion burned. and care, showing a compassion and care for your fellow people. And I think that's the Cassian that we, we're not going to really know in this series, I don't think, because we still see him be sort of ruthless at the beginning of Rogue One. But well, Rogue he was One showing is... him, too, though, that you could do the right thing and still get hurt. Yes. But but I think what's good about this series is we're going to need to still have Rogue One to finish it out of course um because cassian's not showing up to rogue one a finished product he he learns a lot from Jin and everyone else in that movie so i think i just hope by the end of cassian 
or by the end of Andor, people aren't like that. They feel like incomplete. But then you you got to go to Rogue One to to see him like become who he is because he still shows up in Rogue One, shoots the fellow rebel right in the stomach. Like you know, he's right. still going to be pretty cutthroat, and we have to remember that. But I think what's what's important about this series is he's going to buy in to the rebellion, and we're starting to see him experience all these things that are happening to his dad. That's eventually going to happen to his mom. I I know you hate it. You know it's coming. Um, and and all these other people like. Um, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Bix, his other friend there on, on the planet, Ferrix. She was really harsh goes, to him, by the way. I think it was like that love where she needed to be harsh in order for him to accept it. You know what I mean? Because she, if she was being soft with him, she wouldn't have got the message across, I feel like. That's a mother and son you mean, thing. That's... You mean like get a... Your, Bix? Oh, I thought you meant his mom. Bix no, was, Bix was, Bix, super Bix was rough. She was rough, yeah. Especially because, like, I get that he did stupid stuff, but nothing would have happened if Tim didn't turn him in. Yeah, uh, like yeah. there's some responsibility there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I don't know where do you think they're going to go with the Bix character. Do you think she's going to be a bigger impact player moving forward? I don't know. She's so she's friends with Luthen. We know that much. So she'll probably get pulled back in at some point. But she she said she doesn't know much about him. He only calls when he needs things. She doesn't know how to reach him. You know, maybe all maybe he'll call her in and be like, hey, where'd she where have you heard from Cassian? Yeah, it it's really going to come down to like if we understand whose intentions or what, because if Luthen wants Cassian dead, Will he recruit people to help break him out so that he can silence him? Or does he want to help him? Like, I, it's just, it, does Mothma get involved in that? And we see her meet Cassian for the first time. That's going to be interesting. And we have five episodes to go. So there's plenty of time to do all this stuff. But, you know, that scene that we talked about in the trailers where you had all these prisoners in these white outfits, the very THX 1138 tribute stuff. That's mm-hmm. what we're getting next. You know, he's yes. gonna, there's going to be a prison breakout. We finally got the dinner party. I didn't actually say that. Yeah, I called it a happy hour. I didn't see many people eating. A lot of boozing yeah. going on. Because she even said, um, like, "Oh, I wish we got to go to dinner." Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we got a party. Oh, well, they like they seem Perrin is all about partying. That that guy's exactly what Cassian I think was looking to be. Is just like, I don't care if the empire exists. I'm having a great time. So everyone he else sucks. can rock. Oh, he's Perrin hard. is the worst. Yeah. He is what his haircut is. Like you look at that guy's haircut, and you're like, "That is that guy's personality." That's well, who he Lord is. Farquaad haircut, <laughs> and similar personality. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! When he goes, can I borrow her for a second? And he takes her away, and then puts his hand on her lower back and like kind of guides her Mon Mothma away. I felt like being like, like it made you feel ugh, like dirty. Mm. Yeah, I don't like don't that. T- guy. Don't touch our girl. Yeah, yeah, I do not like that guy at Mm-mm. all um i mean we, we do have covered... some super chats oh all right yeah so first up we have paul hey paul how's it going thank you for the super chat he said they sure are building up the reveal of the true identity of uncle harlow he's got to be someone we know at this point uncle harlow banks jeez <laughs> wink face paul thank you paul. i do think they're gonna say who it is they have to right because they've built it up as like it's clearly someone that gets them in 
Why would they well, mention this person without ever? Yeah, but I don't think it's people have been saying like it's got to be someone we know. I know Paul's joking around. I think, but I I don't think I think it's just Uncle Harlow, and he's just some guy with the Empire who has connections. You know? Yeah, I guess maybe. I could be wrong, but I don't know. Doesn't uh, seem next like Tony Gilroy's Thrawn? style. True. What up, Sooner Thrawn? He said, "Do you think Cyril can Karn can maybe part of the team that rescue Andor? Maybe a crazy twist. Great show. Happy B Day. Like Man of Steel. All but or he likes Man of Steel. By the way, that's what he's saying. All right. Nice." Uh, could Cyril help join the rebellion? What do you think, John? Um, I think he could do something like that. And it could be a situation where he is a martyr and he does some one big thing to, you know, redeem himself. Do you think he really would join? He's so clearly like, I don't think law should be broken. Like he reiterated that this episode. I think he's going to get involved with Deidre. Um, maybe, maybe. I, I mean, I don't think he's. I know Sooner Throne was asking, is he going to help break out Cassie? And I don't think so. Uh, he clearly was saying, he just said, like, he's a criminal. He killed two officers. That's why this all happened. I think he really wants to get Cassian, but I. Well, he still has don't... the puck thing, right? With his face. Yeah. And I, I don't think he's an Empire lifer, though. I still think he's becoming disenfranchised from it. And he's seeing the Empire also being lawless and he might be one of those boy scout types who just like i just want to go by the law at all times so whether you know you're the government or you're a rebellion if you're breaking laws i'm not down with that you know so he he's almost like on his own island and he doesn't know where to be right now so he reminds me of the new captain america before falcon took over when falcon didn't want to take the shield i forget what his name is well i'm blanking Oh, was that played Wyatt by? Um, yes, is that Kurt Russell's son? Yes. Yeah. What's his character's oh. name? I forget what is. He has like a specific. It's not it's Captain, Captain America. It's Captain America, I think it is. No, he has a different name. Say it in the Sheev, comments. What is? Sheev Rogers. <laughs> He's funny though. He has like the the chin of Kurt Russell, but the eyes of of goldie on like he's got blonde hair it's john walker that's the guy's name john walker but he has a specific comic book u.s agent that's what it is he's not captain america yeah there it goes everybody's writing u.s agent i can't wait to see where that series goes by the way thunderbolts and stuff yeah interessante but i think that's a good example of like a character that thought he was doing the right thing and was so on the side of like no i have to do what's right and then takes it to the point that it's too much, which is what we've mm-hmm. seen with Cyril Karn. He like goes to the point of no return where he's like, you know, kill this person, grab this person. And then other people yeah. died. I want to know in the comments when the, the uh, KX droid appeared on screen. Did you think that was a pre reprogrammed K2SO? I did. I literally got I did so too. excited. <laughs> I squealed when I saw him on screen. I did too. I thought that like they 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 fooled us. They said he wasn't. They said he was and they said he wasn't and here we are this way earlier than we thought. I I thought it was I thought it was him but like a still an imperial programmed version cuz I was waiting yeah. for the voice. But I liked that 
they made it clear. Like, imagine it also sounded like Alan Tudyk, but it was a different droid. That would have been such a jerk move. They're like, let's make this thing sound completely different so people know it's not Alan Tudyk and it's not K2. Yeah, Qui-Gon Jay makes a good point. I did until I saw multiple of them. When he comes up the stairs, I was like, oh my God. And then you see it the was second like one, you're like... slow drama walk. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. I honestly have to tell you that the end of this episode, though, was so stressful with Andor because I feel like that's one of my nightmares that I, I get in trouble for something that I didn't do and you're trying to explain that you didn't do it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you have those nightmares where you are at school and you didn't do your homework and they're like, you yeah. knew about the homework. And you're like, I didn't know about the homework. I, I wasn't even here. I don't go to school anymore. And then no one <sighs> wants to listen to you. Oh, my gosh. The stress. <laughs> and You know what? I've had that dream, too. But mine's like I'm in college. I'm about to graduate and there's a whole class I forgot to go to all semester. That's yes. Mine. And you forgot to go and then you don't have enough yeah. credits and you start panicking and you're yes. like, how did I miss this class? Right. I didn't yep. even know it was on my schedule. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Um, all right. So we have, and also by the way, the acting across the board, we didn't, we, I mean, we didn't talk much about Cassian and his mother, but you know, him saying like, I'm going to be worried about you. And she just goes, that's just love. I'm like, God damn, that's good writing. It's so simple, but it's like so This true. show has had so many moments of beautiful writing and great lines that really kind of make you stop and go, wait, what? The that acting's not, so good, like, too. It, they makes you play it back. Fiona Shaw? That's her name, right? Yeah, Fiona Shaw. Yeah, she's the, the bad on in Harry Potter. She's so, yeah, she's so good. And like all the exchanges are just fantastic. And now we have next week, uh, Bo Williman is writing the next three or he wrote the next three of course um it's funny he was born the year the first star wars came out um but he's known for uh house of cards uh the original version the bbc version um so mm -hmm. he knows you know all about you know the the political intrigue and political games and knowing how to like you know screw people over to to get where you got to be and get your hands dirty so that's right in this show's wheelhouse so I, I like that aspect of it. And then Toby Haynes is directing. The name sounds so familiar. What do I know him from? I don't know. I feel like I've heard that name before, too. I'm not really sure. I feel like he's done something else, though. Am I well, imagining he, that? He did Utopia. I haven't seen that. And he did a Black Mirror. Um, he does a lot of mm. BBC stuff, Doctor Who. Sherlock. Oh, maybe that's who Toby Haynes. I think which episodes of Sherlock did he write? He did the he, Reichenbach Fall. Reichenbach Fall. Hmm. It's the third and final episode of the second series. Hmm. Interesting. Um. And then I don't know what he did for film. Uh, he just did a a, a Brexit film. But you know, again, that's right in that sort of wheelhouse too about you know people who are writing about you know dystopia and and you know crazy societal like and if he's directing it he's going to shoot it that way it's going to maybe feel kind of noir and dystopian and if you mix that with the writing of bo williman who does a lot of you know political games and stuff that's a pretty interesting combo for this next arc and i wonder if that means we're going to get a lot more stuff involving the senate and um things really like the layers start really getting peeled back and we see like what everyone's true you know intentions are and even people we know but 
the rest of the characters don't know. Like they're going to maybe find out that Luthen is such and such or that Mon Mothma is building this or whatever. I think things are about to get spicy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I just hope we keep seeing these really cool locations. Those have been my favorite things about this show is that there is such a clear production value that we're not getting with those other series. And I'm guilty to say that because I love the Mandalorian and I loved everything that it's done with the volume, but it's just really hard to look at that and then look at these sweeping shots where you have these characters walking through these sets and walking across these beautiful landscapes in Scotland and like really cool architecture in Great Britain and say that that doesn't create such an impact or add to the story. I mean, yeah. the sequence of Clea walking through all those buildings and across those bridges and down the hallways and in the mm -hmm. like different subway stations and stuff was just so cool. Yeah, I agree. And all over the UK, Scotland, obviously, for Aldani. Um, uh, uh, the Clevelies, I think, is where that uh, beach planet was. Um, and that's, uh, I guess, a popular spot. I remember seeing shots of them filming there. It was also obviously way less interesting looking when they were filming it. Um, but I agree. You know, I think there, there was an article that just came out recently about the volume and its importance but also that apparently a lot of production designers or producers are are still ordering and wanting um like real sets uh for it's future just... for, for future movies and stuff so it's going to be interesting if star wars is going to adapt and and realize that maybe this isn't the most watched series but you won't i don't maybe i'm wrong I don't think you'll find any Star Wars fan who would say this isn't hasn't been the best looking, the more most cinematic, theatrical worthy looking show that they've done. So Even far. the way it, the aspect ratio of the the screen is film, like it has that wide sweeping wide screen. You know, it doesn't look like it's made for TV. It looks like it's made yeah. to be on a big screen. Yeah. I just think the volume is great, and it's done such wonderful things, especially with like spaceships and like flying in space and stuff with the Mandalorian but you just can't get the exact same shots that you can get in a in a in locations like this like you just can't mm -hmm. you can you can get VX ones but it's not or VFX ones and and Favreau's not going to do that so however long the Mandalorian goes or you know Book of Boba Fett like those shows are going to always stay for however long they are in Southern California. That's just where he's operating with those things right now. Um, but other things, you know, the Acolyte is filming in, the, in at Pinewood, and I'm sure they might be doing some location stuff. I, I think they're starting filming on that soon. Um, Mando, the stuff we saw from Mando season three looks like it may have upped its game a bit. I, I still don't think that means they did heavy locations, but I think maybe they did some more... Um, they took more shots with some of the stagecraft stuff as opposed to. I mean, the boat in types, the boat with Mando in season two, where the yeah. Grogu goes into the water. That's an actual boat that they shot on, and like yeah. the whole mm -hmm. scene in the Jedi episode with Ahsoka, where she fights in that big, beautiful like garden area. Oh, yeah. That's a yeah. real set. They're doing amazing things, but it's really hard to compare when you're shooting something that's, like this. That's the thing, though, because think about. I know we're veering off topic here and we're, we're up on an hour, um, but nothing's off topic. Thinking. It's all Andor. 
Yeah, and it's all Star Wars, which is you know all relative because it's Disney Plus, and we're curious where you know has has Endor pushed the the envelope and pushed the bar for everyone else to work harder or do different things in terms of its presentation. But like Mando had so many different directors, but it all felt of the same quality. And I think the reason for that is Favreau. <clears throat> and he was always on set. He was very proactive and involved, hands-on. And then we look at Obi-Wan. And I loved Obi-Wan. And I understand that it was supposed to be an intimate story and really supposed to be between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. You know, you can really close in the room, so to speak, on that. But I think that series felt looked the cheapest, especially in certain scenes, like at the Inquisitor headquarters when they were outside at the end. And um the de-aging of uh hayden christensen i I thought was not done that well and there were some things i was like really with obi-wan you guys didn't go for it here um but then with andor you're like holy cow this is you know say what you want about if you if it's not your cup of tea fine but looking at it you have to i I don't i think people would be lying if they said it wasn't like it didn't feel big big budget well done like you could slap that on a big IMAX screen and it feel good. Some of those shots are better than the shots we saw in the sequel trilogy. Like it's just a beautiful, beautiful show. Um, I did want to mention this something in the comments from Miss Sunflower. Love that name. Uh, Said the volume is great as long as you know how to utilize it. The Mandalorian looks great with the volume when they shoot outdoors in chapter 14, the book uh, Boba Fett episode, it kind of looked like a fan film. I agree. It's so funny that we're talking about these wonderful sets and stuff with Andor and how it's kind of, uh, elevated the production value and what we expected from the show because we were used to the volume with the Mandalorian and when we did get sets and and live places on, on Earth mm-hmm. uh, they did look like Southern California they didn't look like otherworldly like we expected from Star right. Wars and we from our understanding of talking to people it's due to unions it's due to people can only shoot so far from the sets and stuff like right. that so they're they're really restricted to Southern California Whereas here, it's like the job is done in the UK. They have crews over there. They're going on location. The expectation is set that they're going to be in these other places. And again, I still feel that Rogue One probably has some of the most beautiful scenes in all of the Star Wars movies because they went to Iceland and they went to, you know, different places. Yeah. Yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if more Star Wars shows uh, are shot in the UK. Pinewood. Uh, at the new you know they have the new volume there and you just um, can get so much different terrain and in you know a specific area from europe iceland mm-hmm. uh spain italy france it's like all different yeah. climates and yeah. stuff yeah i agree but um you know we still have five episodes to go so do you think I hope Cassian's not in prison for a full episode, let alone multiple episodes. So do you think the next episode is that that big breakout scene where we see all those white outfits running down the hallway? Yes, I think we're, we're going to see him get broken out. I don't think they're going to keep uh, dragging this out for a while that he's in jail because the whole show is what he's doing. <laughs> They gotta let him. They gotta let him take center stage here. Like even if they, they have gotta to, like... break him out of what he's this. Yeah, kind of box season right now. Yeah, yeah, because right now, man, Luthen and Mothma have been just st- stealing every episode they're in. It's crazy. Cyril Karn has, Clea has, Vel has. They all have. Yeah. Like I don't think I look at the show and say anybody's like, oh, that person's okay. Like they all bring it. Even Blevin, 
brings it. Yeah, I, I, I think, I mean, Tony Gilroy is really good at what he does, obviously. So I think. Which, by the way, the actor that plays Blevin was adorable on Instagram and posted a photo of him when he was little and it like a Darth Vader outfit. Oh, really? And was cool. like how it started and then it's how it's going and it showed him in his imperial outfit on set and i was like that is such a fun moment slash feeling to know that people that are in the show are really big fans you think that guy's rebellion you think that so everyone knows john does this thing now with the show where he likes to guess who's on what side and i was like oh is this the thing fun of watching these spy intrigue thriller shows guessing who's gonna switch i like to think that they aren't gonna do that with every single person because we just saw it saw it with tala and obi-wan kenobi i i don't like the idea that like everybody's switching sides all the time i mean these rebel i mean the rebellion has to be first of all they're they're built on hope i don't know if ever anyone knew that but <laughs> secondly i mean there have to be these people who haven't been in the empire that long because the empire hasn't been around very long and Maybe they were the Ularan types who, you know, were once, you know, with the Republic and they actually, they realized they chose the wrong side or something. But the only reason why I say Blevin is because he, they always focused on him so much and they didn't really give us a necessary reason why. And he's constantly trying to like handcuff and stop Daedra from doing what she's doing. I just think there has to be a reason for that. Um, I don't think it's just because he wants to advance his career. There's really no reason for him to be a character beyond him trying to stop her from what she's doing so i could be wrong i I just have a feeling blevin is either coming to some realization that he's on the wrong side or he has been and he's in he's a plant inside or a mole you know what i'm saying that's just the i again i could be wrong that's just a feeling i have about him what are you gonna do if you end up being right how obnoxious are you gonna be what did you say you were right about before there was such a surface level thing you're like, you know, two episodes, I thought Cassian was going to get arrested. It's like, oh, is that because they show him breaking out of jail in the trailer? Okay, first of all, you and James both said that he was going to go to get someone out. And I said, whoa, whoa, wait a second. No, no, what no. He's no, no, actually no. a re- Yeah. I'm going to do the James no, no, no's. He does three no's. <laughs> we see Cassian in his little white uniform. We know he's like arrested or whatever or institutionalized or at some point. So he's he never more... dressed up as someone else to get into a location to break someone out and or steal something? Why would you dress up like a prisoner? To get in. You would dress up like an Imperial, like he did in the the other episode. Okay, I didn't know you're such a professional breaking out of prison. That's all I do. <laughs> okay. Also, I love how our chat right now is talking about Blevin, and there's like people that are talking about your theory, John. There's people that are saying, I don't know who Blevin is. <laughs> The funniest part about Blevin is that it that is the first name I learned in this series because it was so ridiculous to me that his name is Blevin that yeah. I was just like, I'll never forget it. So Tony Gilroy, just, you have done your job. Just give me a character named Tom or Joe. Like <laughs> we we started the things off pretty well. We started with Luke, Owen, Ben. Like Leia's it wasn't pretty... that bad. It wasn't Leia, that bad. Yeah. And now we do it's have like, just... they have to, they Star Wars, like Star Wars, Star Wars's name's too hard now. They got to mix it up a little bit. The book ones are even crazier. Those ones I can't even. Oh, the, the, the Chiss stuff? No, not even that. Just like book names in general. That's like, all wild. Really crazy. Uh, yeah. So thank you for the super chat, Paul. 
Uh, he said, I think the prison breakout will happen the next episode after next. They need time to plan it. Interesting. Mm. So he's thinking he's thinking nine for the All breakout. Right. Nine. Okay. I, I just don't happen? want I, I want Cassian to start taking center stage here. Aaron makes a good point. He says maybe Blevin will pull a Hux and say, I don't care if you win. I just want Deidre to lose. I'm rooting for her weirdly. Like, I really am weirdly rooting for her. Like, you go, girl. You get those rebels. (laughs) I, yeah, I don't know. I think she's going to have like a a grim death, too. I feel like all these people who aren't around, they got to figure out what to do with all these people. Um, So I don't know. Or they'll just like put her in a comic and be like, she was on the Death Star. What, what, how do we solve the problem with all these characters? They were on the Death Star. That's it. <laughs> or like the end of season two. It's like right before. She's like, or someone's like, Deidre, you're reporting to the Death Star. She's like, finally. My time like, has come. It's such yeah. a great moment for me. Womp womp. See ya. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Do you have anything? Uh, anything else? Uh, no, I'm just excited to see where the series is going, and I hope that the cinematography keeps being top tier as it's been. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm excited to see where it's going, too. And it's so cool because there's so many characters they've developed at this point, and still such a long way to go. That mm-hmm. I mean, there's five episodes left. It's almost like the full Kenobi series left to go. So uh, I'm excited, too. I'm looking forward to it. But um, we'll be back next week doing it again. Um, and if you showed up late, again... Uh, this will hit the podcast apps tomorrow morning. Uh, it will also always be here on the channel too, of course. And look for our reactions uh, to these episodes. Um, I guess we switched around the order, but James is going to go next week. Um, but uh, we want to thank everybody who stopped in and watched live. Uh, all the comments. It, it always helps like us think of other ideas or other paths to take the conversation, uh, especially the super chats. Thank you all so much for all that support. It means a great deal um to us so thank you um and make sure you know if you aren't subscribed yet pick your favorite audio app or the the youtube channel and subscribe because uh in addition to these live shows we other have uh, have other stuff uh planned for the future and of course the return of the mando fan show when the mandalorian returns oh my god uh, i can't wait i was missing him a lot the other day i saw a video of him like a fan cam where they cut everything together and i was like i really miss the mandalorian (sighs) I do too. I genuinely do. My I favorite do thing too. from Celebration was the Mandalorian experience. So I just amazing. really miss it. Was so great. Yeah. The worth line not so great on that carpet for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> the line not worth it, but yeah. <laughs> or sorry, the, lo- lo- the wait was terrible, but the it was worth the wait. Right, and seeing the people in the fast line, you're like seeing James walk up as we're walking in. Oh, I say, hey guys, been here long. Yeah. I just got I out like, of the Nando panel. I yeah. hate you. <laughs> yeah, but um, and, and, and we want to say a special thank you to all of our patrons at Patreon.com/slash Resistance Broadcast. You will, you know, you're we're able to do these live streams uh, every week, and in addition to our other podcasts, our bonus videos, uh, attend events, and all that stuff because of that support wouldn't happen otherwise. And we're really trying to grow this thing. We're doing uh, so a Q and A after this. We are doing a Q&A at 10.30, so in about 15 minutes, exclusively on Patreon. So head over there now. Um, if you're interested, you've been thinking about signing up, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Tiers start at just $5 per month. And we do we have a lot of content there. Uh, as you go up to uh, more tiers, there's a Discord server, a lot of cool stuff. 
Um, so thank you for any and all support. Yep, and a yep, special yep. shout out to our generals and spice runners. Uh, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Samuel Zilke, Sneaky Zebra, and Val Trichkoff, and our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Uh, we'll be back on this show live next Wednesday, October 26th, talking about episode 8 of Andor, uh, but don't forget... Monday, we'll have a brand new episode of TRB where we're going to talk about that news about Michelle Regwan uh, no longer being the senior VP at Lucasfilm. And what does that mean Eesh. for the future of the movies, future of Kathleen Kennedy, future of everything? So we're going to get into it on Monday. So a lot of TRB coming your way. Um, but more importantly than that, we hope everyone enjoys the rest of your week. And we'll see you next time right here. Wait. On... Oh, we didn't do our plugs. We didn't do our plugs yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to tell you. If you are watching this video live or after the fact, please like the video. Leave a comment. Let us know how we did. Any yeah. things that you thought. Uh, wish John a happy birthday in approximately two hours <laughs> and or all of the day of October 20th. And or. I see what you did there. Um, Johnny Hoey on Twitter, uh, Star Wars Newsnet, and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. Actually, Mike is coming to town. For my birthday, for he's driving all the way from Ohio, we're gonna do. I'm gonna get to meet show. Mike. You're gonna meet, get to meet Mike. Exciting. We're recording our podcast right here uh, Friday on X Men. So check out just like the movies. Uh, I don't. I don't talk about Star Wars there. It's my. It's my palate cleanser. You have equipment Mike. at your house to Different. record that. Oh yeah, big time equipment. Yeah. <laughs> I got my original mic, my, my blue here. Um, but our Lacey, what about you? Where where can people hit you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. Um, All right. And, and get ready because Hallmark Christmas movies are coming back. And James, we missed buddy. We'll see. James will be back with us next Wednesday live. But uh, Myra Trunks, Twitter and Instagram. And hopefully he's having a good time down at Disney with the fam. Um, but yeah, now for the real goodbye. We'll see you all <laughs> next time. Unless you're a patron at 1030 Q&A right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. Bye.